a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Could your congressional district stay Republican or could it stay Democrat forever and ever? Many states are changing their congressional maps during this once-in-a-decade redistricting process. And, of course, a lot of swing districts, interestingly, are actually becoming a little more blue and a little more red. What does this mean for the future legislation and compromise and conversations in Congress? Colby Itkowitz is a reporter for The Washington Post who covers national politics, health policy, as well as anchoring the inspired life. We're going to get back to the inspired life another day, Colby. Uh, But this is a really interesting thing that all of this redistricting, we always wring our hands about gerrymandering and what that means. Uh, But what you're saying is that we're actually redistricting in a way that is not giving us more swing districts. It's giving us harder reds and harder blues. Right. And that's been the trend over several decades, um, but particularly in this last decade, uh, largely in Republican states, just by um, the nature of the fact that Republicans have the majority of the state governments that do the drawing of these congressional maps. Um, And so what happened 10 years ago is that they really, uh, the term is called gerrymandering, and they gerrymandered these states to give themselves a considerable advantage in places like Um, Ohio and Pennsylvania and North Carolina and Georgia and Texas. And so um, these states made it, it made it so that Republicans had a, you know, a baked in number of seats that could not be won by a Democrat over the course of the last decade. And it's seeming that it will only be increasingly uh, so this coming decade. Yeah, so it's interesting to me that, uh, again, these are, are getting more hardened, whether it's it's red or blue. Uh, but you, as you pointed out, a lot of these uh, in red states or red districts uh, are happening that way. Uh, and as we, we look at that, we know that uh, on most, uh, especially midterm elections, there, there usually aren't that many really swing districts in the country. Are those going to eventually just evaporate? Are we going to really get into uh, just pure partisan districts in the future? That was the question I was trying to answer, and obviously we have no idea um, what the future will hold, you know, decades from now. But if things go as they seem they're going and we're only starting this process, you know, you only have um, about 50 competitive districts. And the way that we're um, considering competitive is if uh, Trump or Biden won that district by five or less points, uh, percentage points. And so if they won it by less than five, we're considering that competitive. Um, And so there's 50 of those. And those could decrease by about a third through the redistricting process for the next decade. Um, The only way that this pendulum swings back is uh, the beginning of these independent commissions where you take the politics out of redistricting and you give it to 
uh, an independent commission to do the work so that it's not the politicians in their state in the state legislatures uh, drawing lines for political advantage for either party. Yeah, and I think that's such a uh, a vital thing for us to to really think through because whether regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, uh, this idea that uh, our the blue gets bluer uh, and the red gets redder. Uh, means that our politicians have to listen less uh, to their constituents and to a broad range of issues and policies and things that uh, would be good for communities, would be good for the country. Not only do they not have to um, listen to the other side, it actually sometimes hurts them to listen to the other side. And so when you have um, a member from a deep blue or a deep red district, uh, compromise or working across the aisle can be... um, can hurt them, uh, can be a disincentive because they're inviting a primary challenge. And so you're seeing that with some of the Republicans, you know, the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach President Trump after the January 6th riots at the Capitol. Uh, a lot of those Republicans, and again, it was only 10, but a lot of those Republicans are facing uh, primary challenges because they uh, bucked what was the convention of their party to vote what they felt was their conscience. And so you're going to have a lot less members of Congress being willing uh, to vote their conscience or vote for what they think is right or to talk to members on the other party to try and find some middle ground. And you're going to feel have a much more entrenched and partisan Washington. We already do, which is already pretty entrenched. Yeah. And I I just want to reemphasize you said that so powerfully. And I I think we've really got to all stop and think about what this means. Not only do members not have to listen to a broad range of perspectives, but they are actually disincentivized of doing that for fear of uh, an intra-party uh, primary or a, a challenge, you know, from their right or their left, depending on uh, which party they're in. Uh, and that's that is not good for the country. That's not good for the republic. And you end up with the most extreme candidates, and mm. so you see, you know, in places like Georgia, where Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene represents you know, a very, very conservative district. When she won her primary, um, it was a foregone conclusion that she would win the general election. So all she had to do was uh, cater to the most um, conservative of the Republican base who would come out to vote for her. Um, And then she only has to consider catering to that same base uh, for the rest of her time in Congress. Um, So only a fraction of the electorate are the people that she's actually talking to and hearing from. Yeah. Uh, And so finally, before I let you go, if you're just joining us, we have Colby Itkowitz uh, from The Washington Post uh, talking about redistricting across the country. What does that really mean? Uh, And I want to ask you before I I let you go that uh, what does this what does this trend really mean in terms of moderates? And and I'm one who believes the country really falls from the center right to the center left. Uh, Will there be any space left in any of these districts uh, for those that would fall into that center-left to center-right space? That's, it's already shrinking, and we've seen this happening again. You've seen a lot of um, Republicans and Democrats who identified themselves as moderate or centrist either leaving Washington because they felt that they couldn't get any work done or they're getting primaried out of their seats um, or, in some cases, redistricted out of their seats. Um, and so the number of people that... Um, represent, like you said, that that moderate wing of either party, uh, that number is shrinking and shrinking. And so what does that look like in Washington when you only have everyone is either extreme to the extremely Republican, 
extremely Democrat on the extremes of the ideological spectrum. And you're, you're kind of seeing that right now in Washington. We're not getting a lot done um, because nobody seems to be able to come together. And so what will that look like over the next decade if things don't change? It could be even worse than it is now. Yeah, and, and this is something really important for us to consider is that I, I believe those who identify in the center left to center right are growing in terms of voters and, and citizens of the country, and yet their representation in the Senate and in the House is actually shrinking. Right. There are more people that identify um, as independents in the country uh, than as one of the political parties. And so independent can mean a lot of things, but uh, a lot of people have, have kind of lost faith in both parties um, and want to see an alternative. And, and right now there is no alternative. Mm. Uh, that is fascinating stuff. Uh, great insight, as always, Colby Itkowitz from the Washington Post. I'm going to have you talk, uh, come back and talk about your Inspired Life blog uh, on another day. <laughs> uh, but this is this is great, uh, great insight uh, on redistricting, gerrymandering, all of these things, uh, and how it actually hurts uh, the center left to center right the most. They're being re- represented less and less. Colby, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, again, that's Colby Itkowitz from uh, the Washington Post, and just uh, some really fascinating things to think through. Uh, that in the redistricting that's going on, uh, we didn't talk about Oregon. Oregon is the uh, only state where redistricting is controlled by the Democrats that gained a seat uh, because of the population growth and the latest census numbers. Uh, and so, again, these uh, these systems continue to drive us further and further to the edge. And while the independent center-left, center-right is growing and more and more people are identifying that way, they are becoming less and less represented in our government. That's an interesting thing to think about and think through. And what is the the change? What is the process there? Uh, And to me, that's a real crucial conversation in terms of how redistricting happens. Of course, we're having redistricting going on here in the state of Utah. Commission is working on all kinds of maps. You can actually go create your own map uh, and give it a test drive if you like. Uh, but this is, a, to me, one of those crucial conversations of are we really being represented? Are the vast majority of Americans truly being represented anymore? Or because of the way districts are drawn across all of the states, are we actually being less representative, not more representative of the will of the people? That's something we're thinking about today. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour break. When we come back, 136 countries, including the United States, have agreed to establish a 15% global minimum tax on businesses. What does this mean for you and Utah companies? We're going to talk to Robert Spenlove from Zions Bank about all of it. Coming up next. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 